hour. We guys two weeks ago. We'll probably talk about it this week and again next week just to give you a biblical uh, idea about fasting, what we're looking at. Once again, if you need a Bible, raise your hands. Our ushers will help you. Um, I believe this, guys, every one of us are called to be more than just Sunday morning Christians. And I believe one of the ways that ushered in is when we begin to fast and pray and seek Him. Now, fasting, guys, is one of the definitions is to crucify your flesh from food or even from things. And maybe you've done that. Maybe you've been doing that. You know, I'll go ahead and share this. I was around a guy yesterday who, uh, him and his wife are on the Daniel fast, just fruits and vegetables, but he has three kids that are under the, all under the age of 10. And he said, Pastor, I wanted my kids to grow up understanding uh, principles of fasting at a young age. And I said, well, obviously, our kids will do exactly what they're taught. And so he said, as a family, we were doing two things. One, we were fasting TV and movies. Some of you say, ouch, that hurt. And so he was telling me how it was going. And, you know, he said, so many times, man, the TV becomes our source of not only entertainment, it's our, our babysitter. And so he said we had to restructure everything within our home, but he said it was really powerful. And uh, he has a five-year-old who went to a daycare. And so before the daycare gets out in the evenings and all the parents are coming, they just put all the little rascals right there in front of a, a TV and they watch a video till their moms and dads comes. Well, they took him in there to watch the video, and this little five-year-old, when he saw it, he got up and he left and went into another room. So they went in there and said, is everything okay? Are you not feeling right? And he looked at him and said, no, I'm okay. He said, at my house this week, we're, we're fasting. TV and, and movies so we can draw, draw closer to God. He's a five-year-old. I got so blessed when I heard it. I thought, man alive. I said, I wish I'd have learned those principles when I was five. I was more like 35, but... It's never too late, okay? And so we're going to talk a little bit about this some more today. You know, many times the downfall of, of humanity has been food. And I can show you over and over in the Bible. Actually, you can go back into Genesis and what Adam and Eve did. What was their downfall? Food. They literally ate themselves out of the will of God. You look at the, the, the fall of Esau. He, he sold his birthright to Jacob for what? Food. Part of the issue with the Israelites out in the wilderness was food. And so something happens, guys, when I begin to deny my flesh of things. Romans chapter 12. Begin with me in verse 1. And he says here, I beseech you or I urge you or I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, fellow believers, by the mercies of God that you present your body. Now, where it says that you present your body, the Amplified says presenting all your members and faculties. Now, how am I to present my body? A living sacrifice. Now, think about the word sacrifice just for a minute. That word sacrifice there tells me this. It's going to cost me something. It's going to cost me. Anytime I do anything that is a living sacrifice, it's going to cost me something. My time, my talents, my money, my abilities, okay? And he says that you present your, your, your body a living sacrifice, holy, which means devoted, which is your reasonable service. Now, when I look at all this, and, and in between there, I left out the part that he says a living sacrifice that becomes acceptable to God. 
What do you think would be acceptable to God? If you were here two weeks ago, and I'm just going to refresh you a little bit. Remember in Matthew chapter 6, where it was the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus in that passage, starting in verse 1, and it goes through about verse 18, he gave us commandments on three issues. He said, number one, when you give. Then he said, number two, when you pray. And number three, when you fast. I'm going to tell you right now, I believe every one of those that he just mentioned are forms of sacrifice. And anytime I begin to sacrifice in this area, God always blesses me. And if we were to go back and look there in Matthew 6, on all three of those occasions, whether it was giving, praying, or fasting, Jesus himself said, what you do in the secret, my Father will reward you openly. In other words, God's going to bless you. God takes notice when we sacrifice. Even in the area of fasting. Hebrews eleven six 6 says that he is and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The message says he won't overlook what you're doing. He will reward you well. Now, here's the key with all three of those. I've got to take a step of faith, guys. I've got to get out of my comfort zone. I've got to get out of the box. And if you've never fasted before, I encourage you, you've got to do something, okay? You got, and it will be a step of faith. And I promise your stomach will growl. It'll roar. You know, someone said the other day in the office, they said, man, it sounded like thunder out there. And I said, that wasn't thunder. That was my stomach. But it's got to be a sacrifice. Now, listen, when it comes to a sacrifice, guys, if it's not important to you, then it's probably not a sacrifice. And if it's not important to you, it's not going to be important to God. But I'm telling you, when you look at the scriptures, something happens, especially according to Matthew 17. Some things are only released out by prayer and fasting. So I encourage you to get a hold of this and begin to step out in faith and say, Okay, Father God, I'm going to trust you here. Now, let's go a little farther today. Go in the Old Testament to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And some of you would say, Well, if we fast and pray... What would some of the rewards be? Some of the blessings? I, I believe God will bring breakthrough in your life. You don't have to raise your hands, but how many of you need breakthrough? How many of you need something to happen? How many of you need some fresh oil? Your walk with God just didn't want it used to be. I believe this happens. I believe God still, He gives direction in fast. He brings restoration, even, even to a relationship, if we'll begin to fast and pray, and even freedom. And if you've been in bondage to something, and this is part of the way freedom comes. And every bit of this, guys, is designed to draw us closer to God. And to draw me where, man, I hunger for the things of God. And, you know, even Jesus himself said this about food. Matthew 4, 4, he said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So you know what? He's telling us right there, food is highly overrated. Some of you say, that's not what my stomach said. Well, something happens, guys, when we obey the word. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Begin with me in verse number 1. It happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and the others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and they told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you. From beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hazan Tamar, which is in Gadai. 
Now, I want to highlight there, the, a, a great multitude is coming against you. And when you look at this, guys, it shows me this is very critical. This, this is crucial because Jehoshaphat and the whole nation of Israel, guys, what do we do? What do we do? Where's our protection going to come? I look at this even, guys. This, this is an emergency. This is like 911. We got help. We got to get help. Now, look at verse 3, and it's going to give us some insight here. And Jehoshaphat feared. Now, a lot of times when things come against us, guys, a lot of times our, our natural uh, inclination is, is to go to, toward fear. But the fear in this situation with Jehoshaphat, guys, it didn't cause him to run from God. It caused him to run to God. And so here it said, Jehoshaphat feared, and he set himself to seek the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. So right here when I look at this, here's a man of God who understands when things in life get difficult and there's a great multitude of problems and a great multitude of issues coming, what was his, his thought on it? i got to seek God. And how did he say he's going to do that? We're going to fast. We're going to pray here. And I believe he understood this. To, to, to bring deliverance, this is what i got to do. But notice something here, guys. The fast that he proclaimed was toward the entire nation of Israel. Every one of them. And what would happen right here? If every one of us begin to fast and pray and begin to seek God like this, I'm going to tell you what would happen. It would change our lives. It would change our homes. It would change our marriages. It would change our city. What do you think would happen if the saints of America as a nation did? I'm going to tell you. It would change our government. If you haven't noticed lately, guys, our government is in a royal mess. It's in a royal mess. Guys, I'm going to tell you, this may be a... a Revelation to some of you, but our nation can't keep going on the spending we're doing. I mean, I, I can't stand up here and tell you, keep writing checks when you don't have money to pay that. And so that's our nation, guys. Something's got to happen. And in this situation, they proclaimed to fast. They said, we're going to seek God. Verse 4. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Now, what you see right here, guys, in verse 3, he fasted. In verse 4, he said, they all came together to ask help. What does that mean? They all came together to pray. He gives us insight right there. We've got to fast and we've got to pray. And it's very, very clear right here what he's talking about. Now, I'm going to announce right now a few things just real quick while it's on my heart. Tonight at 6 o'clock... From 6 to 7, guys, you're welcome to come in here and pray. We're, we're going to turn the lights on and put some music on and just, just pray. Just seek God. And every one of you are welcome. And some of you say, I've never done that before. That's okay. Do we have to stay the whole hour? No, you don't. You can stay as long as you want to. We're probably, like I said, going to go to 6 to 7. I don't mind your children coming here. But I'm not going to be the babysitter, all right? You're welcome to bring them in here and let them learn to pray and get in the presence of the Lord. Also, every day these last few weeks and even this week at 9 o'clock, there's, there's ones that will be in our basement praying. At lunch, people are praying in here from 12 to 1. You're welcome to come to that. We pray every Tuesday night as a church at 7 o'clock, okay? 
I believe in all this. And so here, right here in this passage, Jehoshaphat, they begin to call upon the Lord. And Jehoshaphat, here in the next few verses, he begins to petition God. But for time's sake, I'm going to jump to verse number 12. Same chapter, verse 12. And he says, O our God, will you not judge them? For we we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Let me ask you something right now. You got great problems coming against you? In your life right now, you got some things that you're saying, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. The key right here is my eyes have got to be on you, Father God. I'm looking to you. I'm trusting in you. Verse 13. Now all of Judah, with the little ones, the wives, and their children, they stood before the Lord. I want you to get that. It wasn't just the men and it wasn't just the women. It was all of them. Even the little guys come together. So the very next verse, this this prophet, he begins to speak some things that are going to happen. And they do happen. But look at Jehoshaphat's position in verse number 18. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and the children of the Korhites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. Now, wherever and whenever, guys, God's people begin to worship Him and praise Him, God hangs out with them. He shows up with them, and not only that, He does miraculous things among them. So they, they are fasting and they're praying. And here's another element I want to add. They were great worshipers. They loved to praise God. I believe it's huge when we come in here. and Man, our goal is just, Father God, we just want to touch your heart today. Verse 22, same chapter. Now when they begin to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab and Mount Zeir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. Now once again, guys, you know what that last part tells me? That was the reward. They had petitioned, they had prayed, and they began to fast. And all of a sudden, guys, things begin to happen. I think it's the same thing in your life, my life. When we begin to seek God in this area, things will begin to happen. Now, go with me back to the book of Isaiah 58. This is our main scripture text for, text for all of this. Isaiah chapter 58. See, once again, guys, my fasting, guys, is accepted to God when my priorities are straight. And i got to get a hold of this. Now remember, and the reason I'm saying my priorities got to be straight, we started two weeks ago and we talked about the fast that God hadn't chosen. And it was more all about me. It was about what I want. It was about a bunch of gossip and pointing of the finger and just a bunch of junk. But last week we talked about verse 6, and let's just start there to refresh a little bit here. Isaiah 58, 6. Is this not the fast that I've chosen? Now, this is what God said. To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the press go free, and that you break every yoke. Now, I believe these things are happening, guys. I really do. I believe God. Put your faith out there, guys. Let me tell you, this should be a prayer, Lord. I thank you that you're, you're undoing the bonds of wickedness. You're breaking yokes of bondage in my life. You're doing these things. But let's go to the next one here. And remember, this is the fast that God has chosen. Verse 7. 
Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out? When you see the naked that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh. Now, I look at this and I think, this is another area or another arena of fasting that many times we've overlooked. And this was about being good to other people. Actually, this verse right here was about giving. So when you go back and look in context with what Jesus said in Matthew 6, you'll, you'll, you'll give, you'll fast, and you'll pray. This is just another element or a degree to the fast. And I believe this part right here, guys, is to get us where we begin to look at other people instead of ourselves. It's very clear here to me. And once again, when you look at this, I can't do everything, but I got to do something. I got to do something. And when you look about what he's talking about here, guys, it's, it's things like, can I share with other people? Maybe it's shelter for someone. Maybe it's clothing people. Just look at what I'm saying. All he's doing here, guys, is fasting is not only to, to get me to quit looking at my flesh so much. I think fasting is a way to, to get rid of myself where I'm addicted to me. It's always about me. It's always about me. It's always about me. So I've been studying this, guys, for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And this all really began to jump out at me. Now, I had the opportunity to go to the orphanage down in Juarez, and we have another mission trip coming in March. If you ever want to get you knocked out of you, go, go to the orphanage. Because you know what will happen? That hot shower that you took this morning, you don't get those down there. You always don't have food. You may not have a bed. And so guess what? You come back as, a, as an American a lot more appreciative. So I know I'm going down there, and so I'm studying on these areas. And I said, you know what, Lord? i got to do something. i got to do something. So the night before I left, man, I went into my closet, and I began to pull clothes off the hangers. I mean clothes, clothes. I got three or four pair of shoes. I started stuffing everything in there. I took them down there. And I didn't know that Shelly was going to give them to those kids without me being there. And so she gives them the, the night but we get there, and I didn't see her do any of that. So the next morning, I walk into the kitchen, and these two teenage boys walk by, and I looked, and they got on my clothes. And I got real tickled, and actually one of them, I said, dang, dude, that's, a, that's an incredible-looking shirt. And, he, you know, his, his Spanish is, or his English is about as good as my Spanish. I can say this, guys, and I'm not lifting me on high. That's not my goal here. But if, if your sacrifice doesn't mean anything to you, it won't mean anything to God. And the stuff that I pulled off of my hangers, guys, it wasn't stuff that I don't wear anymore. When Shelly saw the stuff that I'd sent down there, she looked at me and she said, some of those things you gave away, you've never wore before. And I said, I know. And I know. I just want to be good to people. I just want to begin to obey this. And I said, how dear can I fast and pray and not obey the word of God? How can I just go through the motions and think it's so good? Now let me tell you one more little story down there while we were there. 
There's a woman who's a cook, and I don't know how old she is. Has nothing. She has nothing, guys. I mean, nothing. And when we talk about nothing down there, it's a little different than American nothing, you know. In America, we have nothing, but we still have a cell phone. We still have that TV. But down there, when I say they have nothing, they have nothing. She's the cook. I bet she works 14 or 15 hours a day. And when they cook down there, guys, they're not cooking for a family of four or five. They're cooking for 120. So the the kettles they use are are this size here. And when they stir, it's like they got a big old shovel in there. I mean, they're working. And this woman works, man. She's always into it. And so they they love to feed you. And so she had made this meal for us. And it was incredible what she did. I begin to watch her heart. And... This is the point I want to make about this. This is a woman who works that many hours a day. And you know what her paycheck is? Zero. She doesn't make a dime. Nothing. Now, how many of us, if we went to work for 14 or 15 hours a day and didn't ever get paid, what would we do as Americans? And we'd have a tempter tantrum. We'd go postal on them. (laughs) We'd go nuts. We would call the FBI, we'd call the C, we'd call everybody. I mean, it would blow up. But yet this lady does this day after day after day after day after day. Her only reward is that she gets to live there. And it began to move my, my heart. And she had on this brand new apron. She got for Christmas an apron. And it had these little jewels on it. And man, we made a big deal out of it. The thing that got me, guys, is this. I didn't have my billfold on me. I didn't have any money on me. And God began to deal with my heart. And said, you've got to bless people like that. You know what the Lord said to me? He said, you as Americans, he said, you miss $10? That ain't nothing for you. Ten bucks is nothing. You know what ten bucks is for us? Two cups of Starbucks. Two bucks of four bucks. Starbucks is four bucks a day. That's all it is. But to her, you know what ten bucks is? I said to the Lord, I said, the next time I come down here, Lord, I'm going to be loaded with money. I'm going to take off and just, you know why? Because this is what he's talking about. It's more than just about me. Now, when I begin to fast like he's chosen and begin to look outside of my box and look at other people, there's rewards He is a rewarder, and in this part, the rewards are called then, T-H-E-N. What do you mean? Look at the next verse. Look what it says. Then, after you've obeyed, verse 7, then your light shall break forth like the morning. That's Matthew 5, 14, that we're called to be the light of the world. When you begin to obey this, guys, I'm going to tell you, God is going to put illumination on you. People are going to look, and they're going to say, he's different. She's different. She's different. Look what the next then is. Then your healing shall spring forth speedily. And when I begin to look at other people, how many are needing some form of healing in your body? I mean, he's telling us right here. Then your healing will speed forth speedily. And and look what he goes on to say. And your righteousness shall go before you. Your right standing with God will go before you all because of what? I fasted and I, I, I obeyed. I obeyed exactly what he told me. And then look at the last one in verse 8, what he says. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. The best definition I can give you as the rear guard is this. God's got your back. 
Everywhere you go, God's got my back. God has got my back. Now, we can hoot and holler over all these all day. We can sit here and say, you know, fast man, this healing is coming speedily. But if you look back, he says, then, then, then. Now, I'm going to skip verse number 9 on purpose. You know why? That's next week. Go to verse 10. And look what Isaiah gets right back into. If you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul. And I believe all this he's talking about, guys, here's this. i got to get my eyes off of me. My eyes are always on me. I'm always consumed with me. Everything is about me. And so really when I look at this, part of the fast is to rid me of my selfishness, of my self-centeredness. And you know what? I, I believe as Americans, every one of us got this junk in us. Selfishness. Because we're always grasping for more. You know, you get a new phone, what do you want next week? The, new, the latest and I want another one. I want this. I believe this is what he's talking about here. To say, guys, you gotta, you got to start letting me come on the inside of you and let me start changing you. See, in every one of our lives, every one of us, guys, we've got an excuse list for every selfish thing we do. Every one of us. And the thing about selfishness, if we're not careful, it literally becomes a cancer that will eat away our soul. And part of the fast here, I think, is he's saying, get your eyes off of you. And look what happens when we obey verse number 10. Here's another then for you. Then your light shall dawn in the darkness. You know what that means? God will begin to show you the course in your life that you need to go. If you're needing direction, he's going to show you right here. And what better than God, the highest authority to understand, God is directing me. God is changing my steps and ordering them. And then he goes on to say the next then. And your darkness shall be as the noonday. You know what that is, guys? He's going to change your life around. He's going to change everything within us. And he's going to restructure us. And he's going to be helping us. Now, this is part of the fast that many times we don't see. But I believe, guys, we need to get, a, get, get grips on this and say, Okay, Lord, man, I want to go to new levels. Now, go with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 25. Matthew, chapter 25. One of the greatest prayers I think every one of us can say, guys. Father God, help me to see people through your eyes. Help me to see people through your tears. You know why? People are important to God, guys. I think it's got to come back into church where we, we value people. Not by their titles. Not by where they... We just value people. We come back and just love people. I don't know about you. That's why I love this church. I love all the different colors of skin and... You know, I know people in some other churches, they don't like it. Well, they don't know what they're missing out. I love the fact that this is a, a multicultural, racial church. You, know, you got a problem with skin color, maybe you ought to fast about that. Because if you don't, you know what God's going to do? If you've got a prejudice against another color of skin, your, your neighbor in heaven is probably going to be those people. <laughs> so you might as well get to like people down here. All right, Matthew 25, verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, 
and he will sit on the throne of his glory. Now, this is talking about judgment, guys. And all the nations will be gathered, all of them, before him, and he will separate them one from another as the shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Now, let me tell you right now, this is one time in your life you definitely want to be on the right side, okay? This will be a big revelation for some of you today. You know what the difference between a, a goat and a sheep is? Sheep say, bah, all, all goats ever say is but, 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 but. They got a list of excuses, but. Now, he, he gives us some clarification here, guys. Keep reading. Verse 34. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Now, the judgment he's talking about here, guys, I believe it will be based off of a moral character. I really believe that, and, and I believe this. The character will be revealed by your charitable deeds or lack of. I really believe that. What we do for other people. See, I believe this too. What we make happen for other people, God will make happen for you. Anytime I get out of that box, that comfort area, verse number 35, now look what he says. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. And I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and you gave drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you and naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, As surely I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to the one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. So you know what Father God's doing, guys? He's on a search. To see who obeys this stuff. To see who will step out to the least of these. To the least of these. You know what one of the definitions to me of the least of these is now? Is children. Is children. You know how many children in our society have no parent or only have one? And I can say this right now. One of the best areas you can sow at even right here in this church is get involved in our children's ministry. I say that with a true heart, guys. We have so many kids, and they act out and they lash out because so many of them don't have a father figure. Some don't have a mother figure. And I believe it's some of the greatest seed you can sow. And many of you say, man, I've never done anything like that. Well, you never learned the ABCs until you started stepping out. Just got to get out of the box and get in there. And begin to do it. Guys, it's, it's the greatest need we have right now in this church. Children's workers. Verse number 41. Then he will also to say to those on the left side, the left hand, the goats, depart from me or get out. You cursed into the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Now, you want to see how he defines the goats, but also how their eternity will be based. Look, and this is where I believe this is why it comes down to charitable deeds. Because what he says right here. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not take me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. 
sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick in prison, and you did not minister to you? You want to see something very interesting in verse 44? When they responded to him, they called him Lord. You know what that means? These were people that had confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior. These were people that evidently thought they were going to heaven. And Jesus clarified some things to them real quick there. You're a goat. You're a goat. Verse 45. Then he will answer them saying, And surely I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And so when we serve others, guys, actually we're serving Jesus. When we bless others, actually we're blessing Jesus. And I'm going to tell you, when I read this every time, God takes notice on what we do to other people. How well we treat them. And once again, I believe this. That part of the fast that we haven't done real well at incorporating is this part right here. I really, really, truly believe today, guys, he's trying to get a point to us that it's not always about me. And it's not always going to be about me. And, and to tap into the rewards, guys, not only do I got to fast and pray, but I believe also I got to get them to the point where I give. And yes, these things are all a sacrifice. Oh my goodness, God's got so much in store for us when we begin to heed this and we begin to get a hold of this. And we begin to look and say, okay, I want to bless somebody. I want to take care of somebody. I want to do something. Do something outside the box, guys. Begin to ask God, give me your eyes, Lord. Let me see people. I'm going to tell you, he'll open up the, the, the door to you. Now, don't pray that unless you really mean it. Because God will put you in a position real quick. I remember praying that one time. I'm standing in a line at a grocery store, and I've been praying that. I said, Lord, I want to be good to people. I want to bless people. And Lord said to me, bless that lady behind you. And I looked, and I thought, are you kidding me? What would you do, Pastor? I did. The lady looked at me and said, you owe $10.31. And I said, no, everything in her cart is on mine. She was an elderly woman. What did it do to her? She wept. She wept. But you know what? I wept. I believe these are the things God's wanting to begin to do in us where we look outside the box. It's not always about me. And God doesn't want it ever to be about us. He wants us to say, okay, I've got to touch other people. Stand up here with me today. I hope this moved you today. It's really moved me. And you know what? It's one thing to hear the word, but it's another thing to do to the word. Just to say, okay, Father God, not only am I going to fast or pray, I'm, I'm going to step out. 